All right. Ready, everyone? Andrew, sing it. You know the words. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish it was our birthday so we could party too. Hey, happy, happy birthday. May all your dreams come true. Oh, happy, happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. Hey. Apparently, I did not know all of the words. Oh. He's a 23 boy. Lucas DeRider, out in the world, finally able to drink. Oh, no, wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, he can vote. Nope, that's not it. He, he can rent a car. Oh, wait, no, no, no not that, that either. Your frontal lobe is fully developed. Oh, no, it's still not. No. Lucas DeRider, hmm. he's 23 and it doesn't fucking mean anything. You know. <laughs> yeah, 23 is one of those bullshit birthdays. You know, on days like today, I'd just like to take a moment, look back, and realize how little I've done. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein by... Mary Shelley was divorced by now, and I am nowhere even close to either finishing my novel or being divorced. Well, oh, damn it. You I was hoping that, that, that you point, would focus on... At that point, this would be, like, middle-aged, so... <laughs> I was hoping that you'd focus on the divorce part, just... <laughs> Mary Shelley was divorced, dude! Like, that's insane! Well, it's actually kind of terrible, oh because, uh, back... That's what I'm saying. Back then, women... <laughs> yeah. Women didn't get property rights in divorce, uh, so she yeah. wrote uh, the first sci-fi novel story ever written, whatever, uh, and didn't get to keep the royalties from it. Oh, her husband did? Yep. Or ex-husband? Yep. Well, ouch. Yeah. I'm sure she had happy, plenty happy of birthday. other good ones. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm glad that that's how you spend your birthday. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, I've looking up reasons to be sad for unrelated circumstances. I, I mean, I've also been drinking since noon and hanging out with the oh. uh, SO. So that was fun. That sounds like Lucas. Yep. Guys, he's 23 years old. He's so unsuccessful compared to other past figures. Tutankhamun was dead by this point. <laughs> I'm not even close to being dead. John Benet Ramsey had been kidnapped by this point. <laughs> 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 yeah. Should I do the intro? Roll the intro. Hello and welcome to the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish, <laughs> we it, wish was it was our birthday, birthday so we could party, party too. Hey. hey! The only podcast that has somebody who turned 23 today on it. Probably. Right? Like, what are the odds there's another podcast out there? And on today, June 24th, 2018, it, it is their 23rd birthday. Well, if you look at how many podcasts there are out there, the odds are higher than you might think. Yeah, they're higher than zero, but boy. Yeah. I don't think there's I don't think it's high high. <laughs> um 
Today on the podcast, we have um, master of the nunchaku, Ryan Holtz, uh, executive of the Way of the Golden Fist, Andrew Clark, and me, regional director of sales of the Way of the Long Sword, and birthday boy, Lucas DeRyder. How are you guys doing? Good. Cool. I'm happy Once again, you said you guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which always throws us off. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy with my recent uh, promotion to executive of the way of the, was it Golden Fist? Yes. Okay. Level two. Mm. Callback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was on the podcast when we talked about that. No, there was a there was a previous podcast episode where I made fun of uh, sales job positions mm. like level one. You know, yeah. you had talked mm. about it. Oh, okay. Yep, I remember. <laughs> so good that I, it didn't elicit a laugh from you. It got a oh, okay, yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, that <laughs> that's when you know a joke was successful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I recall. Moving yes. on. Um, but in the more important callbacks, uh, way back in our first episode, which isn't even on fucking SoundCloud anymore because you have to have $15 for that shit, apparently. I'll re-upload. Oh, wait, it's, oh, was it it's off down? of SoundCloud? I thought I we just couldn't upl- upload more. Um, so uh, w- we have the premium now, so we can upload as much as we want. But uh, oh. before that happened, it took down... I think, yeah, the first episode we uploaded the pilot so that the third episode had room to go up. Or, well, did you ever put it back up? Not yet, but that's on the to-do list. <laughs> Still on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube the, the best, home of podcasts. Yeah, oh, my God, we went for the same joke. <laughs> uh, but anyway, mandatory viewing finally. Do, do you understand? This is why Lucas always refers to us as one singular you guys. And doesn't yeah. like doesn't like elaborate which one of us he wants to speak because he knows we'll say the same thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You guys are just slowly becoming a hive mind. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. But anyway, mandatory viewing finally came full circle today, so I imagine we're gonna hustle through the other stuff, uh, maybe a little bit, so we can talk about that. Sound good? Yeah. Bitchin', let's get right into News of the Week! I've started leaving in the sounds you guys make uh, for for the transitions. I don't know if you've picked that up. When you totally, definitely watch the episodes once they publish, but yeah, I'm doing that now. I, I skip around on the podcast. That's fair. You know, it's a little different since I was there for it, but I still try to watch parts of them. Mm. You can edit that out. Okay. Probably. Anyway, um... In video games, uh, Nintendo and Microsoft joined forces to flip off Sony uh, by allowing cross-play between Switch and Xbox for uh, uh, for Fortnite. And, yeah. 
Um, I, I see in the docket somebody also changed cross-play uh, to cross-dressing. Um, and then I believe in reference to the classic film Anchorman, uh, they also wrote, Go Fuck Yourself San Diego at the end. That was a that was a tag team effort. Yep. If I do say so myself. God, you guys are a hive mind. <laughs> well, I I was the one that was jumping on the bandwagon late. It was Andrew's idea. He's the evil mastermind. It's true. Andrew, you motherfucking instigator. I am that. Yeah. How many people do you think actually are getting Fortnite on Switch now who that's like the first time they're playing it or like the first platform they're playing it on um i mean it depends kids yeah like people that have switches but don't have a pc or another console well but you could also play it on phones yeah but that's not really a great gameplay experience okay like 11 kids okay like i when i was out uh around the town my parents were in town a little bit earlier. I saw at least two or three kids playing Fortnite on a Nintendo Switch. Just like at restaurants, like anywhere. They were just playing Fortnite on a Switch. And I'm like, oh, that, that rolled out. Like, okay. <laughs> kids are all over it nowadays, huh? That. So maybe the audience that's too young for their parents to let them have a phone, but mm-hmm. they do have a handheld console, like a Switch. Okay. I'm just like trying to figure I'm trying to gauge how big of an impact this is like obviously obviously it's shitty that uh, Sony is being so restrictive with so much of this but I'm just trying to gauge what kind of impact this will actually have Um, I don't think we'll be able to tell right now I think we'll have to see what happens in the next year or two alright So Bethesda is suing uh, a dev company called Behavior, Behavior, but with a U in there, I guess. Behavior. Behavior. <laughs> it's not pronounced that way. No. Wow. Um, Behavior. Because they made the Westworld mobile game um, supposedly just yanking out the code from Fallout Shelter, which Behavior also developed uh and that's in a violation of their contract and what i find entertaining about the lawsuit is that in it bethesda references a kotaku article pointing to the similarities between the games uh when bethesda has blacklisted kotaku as a platform since 2013 why why is Mm. that why did they blacklist kotaku um they were pissed that they were... Uh, I, I think the thing that did it was that they leaked information about Fallout 4. Okay. Yeah. And so well, Bethesda responded with, we will no longer work with you as a medium. They didn't even do that. They just refused to answer Kotaku's emails or any kind of contact. Oh. Yeah. There, there was no formal statement on it. Uh, Kotaku as a platform just realized one day that hey, yeah, they stopped taking our calls. I guess they blacklisted us. I think Ubisoft also did something similar, but kind of a lighter version of it. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at screen caps, and as someone who played a lot of Fallout Shelter, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, you did play a lot of Fallout Shelter? I did. When it first came out, it was a blast. I was working at a zipline, and we had a ton of downtime like in between tours, 
and me and a, another tour guide would just play Fallout Shelter side by side, just goofing around on our phones. Your boss was cool with that? For a lot of it. Well, like, so when you work at a zip line, <laughs> let me lay this down for you. Yeah, you do two or three tours a day. Those tours take about hour and a half. Um, so that right there is three to four and a half hours of your day. But you're there for like ten hours. Right. So the remainder of the time is spent dressing uh, people, like getting their harnesses and helmets on and everything like that. Um, and they only do that once every 20 minutes or so. So in between, and then and then like 10 minutes of dressing, and then you send out the tour. So in between, you have like 20 minutes of literally nothing, like just sitting in an air-conditioned trailer, goofing around with the other tour guides, um, or a lot of people go to the break room or something, but yeah. When we're just sitting in the trailer, we were just playing Fallout Shelter. Other people were like on nine gag because oh. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. And um, yeah, I don't know. We just play like gangster rap and shut the door so that none of the pearl clutchers <laughs> could hear. Pearl uh, clutchers. Yeah, there was plenty of tourists that would have taken offense. So yeah, no, it was it was a good time. But yeah, played a lot of that game. Boy, does this look really similar. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Given it's the same company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, another part of the lawsuit uh, it lists as an exhibit um, a glitch in the game that's identical to the glitch, uh, to a glitch in Fallout Shelter, proving that they were made from the same code, which Oof. is kind of the most Bethesda prove that you stole from us because here's a shitty thing in it thing I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that that's interesting. That's pretty fucking gold. Poor Bethesda, they just can't catch a break. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to make fun of them because I understand the importance of yeah. protecting intellectual property. Otherwise, you lose it. But yeah, at the same time, it's like eh, they can afford to sue and I, have I, legal defense to I make up. I think it's up. a little weird that like they're suing on the basis of intellectual property from the actual company that made the game where it was like, we, well, they hired them. Well, no, I, I understand. And like, I agree with Bethesda, Bethesda in this case that, you know, the developer was probably, you know, stealing, mm-hmm. but it, it just kind of weird where it's like Bethesda did not make the game. They hired another company to make a game that they licensed. And it was like, yeah. The company that made the game then took the thing that they created, took it somewhere else. But you can't do that. It's a little. It's just. Yeah. It's just a little weird. Yeah, it's a little bit of the uh, Facebook thing, but a lot more cut and dry, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if they're clearly just copying code, that makes it completely cut and dry. If right. it were, if it were like they recreated it, kind of like based on similar properties and things like that, then. I'm sure it would be more of a gray area, but if there's like glitches that are the same and they clearly just copied code over and reskinned the game, yeah. Mm. All right. Um, lighter week in video games coming off uh, coming off of Electric Three. Um, Ryan, I think that was Electric Three. <laughs> That's what? definitely what E3 stands for, right? Electric Three. No. <laughs> no. What it, it's. Electronic oh. Entertainment Expo. That's what it was. I knew. I knew the first word and the last word. Okay. I didn't knew the middle one. Andrew, that sounds a little fishy, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who who would uh, take 
uh, alliteration and then just add a number for how many words the alliteration was used and use that as a shorthand for uh, the content that they're making. Yeah, you know, everyone... Yep. Who would do such a thing? Everyone think Electric 3 has a lot more pizzazz. And I'm probably... Okay. probably so, well, harking... You guys heard it first on the podcast Voluntary 2. <laughs> yeah, no, Voluptuous 2. <laughs> voluptuous. Like a word that's completely unrelated. <laughs> kind of sounds the same but it's not really voluptuous no it harkens back to the olden days of the expo when it was just like a hundred years ago when they first invented electricity they're just showing off like all the uh stuff you could do with it and back then you could only do three things with electricity so they called it electric yeah. three yeah nah. and and as the eddie grant song goes we are going to rock down to electric three Yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and then they'll take it higher. <laughs> so what's going on in TV? Ryan, I think that first one's yours. It is. And I actually have to revise it because um, there was a lot of controversy this week with Fox News. A lot of hosts being uh, pretty callous and saying dumb things. I guess it's... I don't know if it's more than usual or if there's just more of a microscope because of uh, current events. Yeah. Um, but as a result, Steve Leviton, a very, very uh, in-demand showrunner who created Modern Family, um, said that he would not be re-upping his contract with 20th Century Fox because of their association with uh, Fox News. Um, he then, <laughs> I think like four hours later back down from that and went like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> so oh. it, it's not as newsworthy anymore, but I can see where he's coming from, especially with the purchase of 20th Century Fox by Disney, which would then actually make Fox News and 20th Century Fox two separate entities like, oh, okay. owned by two different companies. Mm -hmm. So I can see where he's coming from, especially if he enjoys the people that he works with at the studio because he doesn't really interact with any Fox News personnel. So... I, I think maybe it was just super reactionary. <laughs> I don't know. It was just really weird to have it four hours later. Just like, eh, wait, never mind. I, I'm going to reevaluate. Didn't think so, this oh, through. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it went so far as contracts, but I remember uh, Seth MacFarlane also did, said something along the lines of, I'm ashamed to be associated with Fox Networks uh, because of the shit going on with Fox News right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of produce, or yeah. a lot of creators. The people behind Bob's Burgers did that. Yeah. I remember Steve Leviton before he, you know, officially and then unofficially, you know, said that he wasn't going to be renewing his contract. Had tweeted about the issue with Fox News's coverage of some immigration politics that he cannot wait to finish up the show and then seek employment elsewhere. And I think that was a statement that was kind of uh, backed up by a lot of other creators within the Fox Entertainment wing. But like you said, like if Fox Entertainment, if 21st Century Fox is going to be owned by Disney, then they are not going to be affiliated with Fox News and it's just going to be a name. So I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to do there. Do you think you know, if, if they're just if they're just trying to create awareness for an issue that they're passionate about, then that's one thing. Do you think they re? I just don't know if like them quitting would actually have any effect on the company. 
Do you think they rebrand after the acquisition? No. Probably not, no. It's Well, it's called the Illusion of Choice. It's what you see at supermarkets all the time, where one company owns multiple brands of the same food, and it's literally just changing out the labels. So Disney wants it to make it seem like, oh, this movie was made by 20th Century Fox, not by Disney. And so you, they can keep them as two separate brands but make all the profits from both i mean they could still do that i'm just thinking of that if fox news continues to kind of toxify that brand if yeah they do change the name as kind of a counter to that i don't think that fox news is going to toxify the searchlights and the theme music and just kind of it's it's an institution that goes way beyond fox news at this point okay i I just think in the public consciousness they're kind of oh fox they're the same people as fox news uh but maybe i'm wrong maybe that's just my read on it yeah all right you guys ready to talk about the hottest news in all of television (laughs) fucking ever we kind of talked about this beforehand, me and Andrew. Yep. But all right. Um, I think we said we all we wanted to say. Uh, well, get ready to say it again, because JoJo's Bar- Bizarre Adventure Part Five, Golden Win, Vente Oro is getting its anime adaptation released in October. It's set to be fabulous. Wow. Cool. Okay. Um. <laughs> That was pretty much what we said earlier. I want to I want to turn this into a little bit of a, a, a game. If you guys could click oh. on the link in the Google Doc below it. Mhm. Oh boy. So. Wow. Oh, this, this is, is a Twitter account right yep. here. Yeah. Oh my Only god. Only Japanese characters in the in the name. Uh, should have pulled up the tweet announcing it, with the six main characters on it, and from left <laughs> to right. I want to go over Name them. our impressions of these characters. And me and Andrew also have to guess their name. I don't even know their name, so yes. I, oh, I know one of their names. Okay. Oh, my God. Who do, what do you think the one on the left is named, Andrew? Uh, Funky Boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you... Do you like how he's wearing a tie without a collared shirt? But also oh, is under, a man? yep, that is a man. Yeah. Oh. But also under his shirt. Yep. Yeah, I love that, Lucas. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, Bruce Banner somehow shrunk back into Bruce Banner from the Incredible Hulk, and uh, his skin was peeling off in weird ways, <laughs> and he's also a white guy with blonde hair underneath. That's his name. Okay. Probably um, has to hyphenate I, I that. I think the second guy is uh, Captain Captain Gay, America. Captain Gay America. Uh, Captain Gay America. Is that where? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> we both went the same way. Uh, what, what do you guys think of the guy in the middle? The main character, the the 15-year-old boy wearing a pink suit with a peekaboo heart in the middle of it. Is he actually 15 he, he or is, is he in 15. the body of a 15-year-old even though he's a 2,000-year-old vampire? That is a 15-year-old boy. He is the son of the 2,000-year-old vampire. Oh, is that the one on the right? No, that's the one in the middle, in the pink. Oh, wait, no, no, no the 2,000-year-old vampire, right vampire is dead. 
Oh. Duh, Ryan. Come on. Yeah. Get your lore together. <laughs> Fuck me, Until right? he's brought back know. to life in the in, in part six. Oh, my why God. Is, why is the 15-year-old boy looking like he's wearing, like, a dress designed to show cleavage at a fashion show? I tell you what, though. The fuck me eyes on all <laughs> these people is pretty intense. <laughs> pretty much all of them are, like, full Nala mode. What do you think? Oh my a... God. <laughs> what do you think of Cowman? Cowman. He's got like little bear ears. Or what are those? I I okay. So Cowman. I guess if that's his official name, I thought he looked more like Braille Man. But <laughs> I think he looks like Rorschach from the Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> his suit looks like Rorschach's mask. <laughs> yeah. Except for he, he's also got he the heart-shaped cleavage like cut out. Right. No, he doesn't. Like... I know. He doesn't look like Braille either, Andrew. <laughs> what do you think of the androgynous young person to his right whose shirt is so tight that you can count their individual individual abdominal muscles? You keep saying Are these all men? Yeah, are they? I think so. Hmm. Mm. Um... I call him the guy from the Matrix that betrays them and starts eating steak. That guy's bald. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> They're not all perfect one-to-one representations, Andrew. <laughs> I don't know how this person looks at all like that person, though. Because he's small. No, is that it? Ratty. <laughs> okay. Actually, their, their noses all kind of look like that. Never mind. Yeah. And then you got dis- uh, Discount Sephiroth at the very end. I thought that was the 2,000-year-old dead vampire. Uh, he, he wishes. Might as well he, be. He was the 2,000-year-old dead vampire. He's got big hands. You know what to say about that. He, he has to be able to take on and off that big giant A medallion on his waist for some reason. Yeah, that's, yeah. His, that's a, the Avengers logo for gay Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Does that make well, him black poster? Widow? Yeah, he's tall Black Widow. <laughs> we took away the one female member, except for Scarlet Witch. Wow. All well, right. I'm excited. I am too. I'm excited to forget that I saw that. <laughs> I don't think I can ever forget. <laughs> and then, in the last bit of TV news... um. A Roseanne revival spinoff titled The Connors is apparently in the works and not maybe going to see that in the fall season. Maybe sometime. Oh, yeah, it's confirmed. For the fall season. Oh, boy. There you go. Yeah, confirmed for the fall. Oh, okay. Um, fucking is wow. Is John Goodman still going to be in it? Yeah. He how, was already under contract. How do they... Like, how did they get him? John Goodman well, he was should under be contract doing for season two, much bigger so. things. Yeah. What's he really done super recently? 10 Cloverfield Lane. What was that, four years ago? That was like two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 2016. Two <laughs> <laughs> Still. Um, no, I, I don't know. Roseanne was huge for him. I think, uh, there was a reason he came back, and then he signed a contract for season two, and then that contract got imported over to the Connors. 
Hmm. Bing, bang, boom. You got yourself a reboot. Or a spinoff of a reboot. I mean, they're also paying him a fuck ton of money. So that's probably a a pretty big factor. Oh, Oh, he was also in Kong, Skull Island, uh, Atomic Blonde. Oh, well, man. Okay, Atomic uh, he was the voice of Hound in Transformers The Last Night. What? He was in Valyrian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, my God. I almost went to the premiere of that movie. Oh, oh. you poor bastard. No, that's actually true. And then I was like, this movie looks dumb, and I didn't go. <laughs> he has been in so many fucking movies. Like, he's got like four a year at least. And 10 Cloverfield Lane was the only good one that you listed yeah. on that entire thing. Nah, nah. Yeah. Eh, nah. Two fifty batting average ain't getting you in the Hall of Fame. He's 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 got enough in his repertoire. That's fair. I think Big Lebowski alone could get him <laughs> yeah. in the Hall of Fame. God, just saw that again like last week. I've seen that movie like three times in the last year. It's a lot better. The first time you watch it, you just don't get it. Yeah, no, that's I, exactly what that happened. Conclusion. I I watched it the first time. About a year ago, and a little less than a year ago. I, I know it took me a long time to actually see the movie, but I watched it, and I just didn't get it. Like, people kept saying so many great things about it, and I was like, eh, it was fine. I didn't really laugh very much. And then the second time, like, my girlfriend made me watch it with her. I was like, oh, I didn't really like it. I don't want to watch it again, but fine. I laughed so hard. And, yeah. and the third time I watched it, I was just, like, quoting the movie the entire time. Yep. And then you watch it with the uh, censored version that plays on television. And he's like, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, have, have you guys ever seen the uh, the intro that they put on the DVD version? Or the, no, the VHS version? Like, no, I later. have not. There's no such thing as VHS anymore. Well, no, I mean, like, before uh, the movie got, like, transferred to DVD, uh and like in a couple of years after the movie came out, because it was a box office failure, and it, it it didn't become big for a while. They they had an intro with like, I don't know if he was a real executive from the studio or if he was a fake one, but it was like a five minute spiel of him talking about like the loyal fan base and like how they re- like restored the movie, but it was all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he, like he was talking about like, unfortunately, you know, we lost a new film we were working on. About like a Serbia, a deaf Serbian boy, just trying to make it in the big city or something like that <laughs> due to a fire at the studio. Um, one thing though that's true is that the Big Lebowski, when released in Italy, was marketed under the the title Mister Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. Great. I think that would have helped uh, ticket sales in U.S. in the U.S. if they had done that. Yeah, the um, Big Lebowski is pretty generic. Mm. But then they were talking about, like, oh, yeah, because no one liked the movie at all. Like, all of our copies of the film fell into disarray. It's like, but thankfully, when we wanted to restore the movie, the Mexicans had a good version. So they, like, showed it. And they're like, oh, my God, this is such a higher quality uh, copy of the movie. But then there was no sound to it because it was all dubbed over in Spanish. So they said they had to get the cast and crew in to uh, dub over Mm -hmm. all of their lines. (laughs) What the hell? And they're like, John Goodman was the only one who couldn't be reached. So we got a John Goodman impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all this bullshit. Um, that is bullshit. The Mr. Marijuana title in Italy was true. Okay. 
it sounds like so much effort for not a huge joke. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. They don't, they don't even have it at the beginning of the movie anymore in the DVD version. Damn. That's too bad. The lost version. I still have to see Hail Caesar. Yeah. Or do I not need to, Ryan? I've never seen it. I wanted to and since have not. We all wanted to see it. We were all going to go see it together and then we just never did. Get the life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the Coens. I haven't... Every single one of their movies, I don't go, this is the greatest thing ever. But I, w- I would have liked to see it, although I heard very mixed things. So, oh well. Yeah. Did Roger Deakins do that movie too? Yeah, I think he hmm. did. Okay. I think that was one of the big cells. Like, I... I love the Coen brothers, but Roger boy, Deakins, Roger is, Deakins is a whole another level of his craft. <laughs> Roger Deakins is kind of undisputed. The top. best. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did do Hail Caesar. That's yep. crazy. Okay. Um, is there any news in film that we want to want to talk about? I, I see somebody just wrote in. Has anyone seen any movies in theaters <laughs> yeah. recently? Ryan, looking at you, going to assume that was Andrew, and again, Andrew, that would probably go under... powers of deduction, Lucas. That would probably go under (laughs) breakouts, not news of the week, but hey, I appreciate the effort. (laughs) (laughs) It's a running joke at this point, Andrew miscategorizing topics. (laughs) I I don't understand how that is not film news, you know, like films that have come out recently that we saw... That but, Ryan has seen in theaters. Oh my god! That's yeah. film news. Ryan, a guy who has movie pass, went to see a movie. What? <laughs> this is news. news. Of the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, cha- I see what's happening. Anonymous Dumbo Octopus <laughs> is swapping some stuff. And what? And nope, nope, nothing got changed. Oh boy. Never mind. He gave up. Nope. Oh, oh. okay. Oh. Things are happening. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. No. I, I don't think that's me. Hmm. News of the week, everyone. Mm-hmm. In film. Fuck me. I believe a spiritual successor to Mr. Marijuana. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to go to the group chat and talk about Arrested Development for a while? Uh, shouldn't yeah. that go in breakouts, Lucas? No, because Ryan and I are both watching it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ryan, how far are you in Arrested Development? I am a little bit more than halfway through season two at this point. What was the last episode you watched? Uh, or, or like what happened uh, in it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you were asking. Uh, it was on Friday. So, of course, I'm completely, I've completely forgotten. Hmm. I don't know why. Oh, it was when Buster loses his hand. Oh! <laughs> Doesn't get bit off by a shark or something? A loose yeah, seal. seal. <laughs> oh, God. 
a seal that Job released because it was part of his magic act, but it wouldn't work very well, so he put it in the ocean. But it ate a cat, which meant it had the taste of mammal blood, which made it a cat buster. <laughs> and that was it's, it's just dumb. And that was it's so great though. And that was his big I'm gonna become a man, I'm finally gonna go swimming in the ocean and not listen to my overbearing mother anymore. And then the second he does, he gets his arm knot off. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing they reattach it soon because they even dropped that in the episode. Like we can reattach it, but it was it was a it was a good good bit for that episode. Hey, that is a nice sounding guess. <laughs> well, maybe it's wrong, isn't it? Could be. All the all the jokes that Buster would make, where he's like referencing it and like clearly wanting everyone to laugh, and then if anyone else made a joke, he would like freak the fuck out. How? And he's like, "Get out! Get out of here!" Hey, thanks for giving me a hand there, bro. How dare you? Yeah. Get this man out of here! Get him out of my sight! I don't want to see him anymore. Tony Hale. Tony Hale, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, was the overly literal doctor in that episode? Yeah, he was, actually. Yep. <laughs> he always twists things and says them in weird ways to make the diagnosis seem the opposite of what it is. Yeah, no, it was, it's good. Yeah. It's good, Andrew. You should watch it. I, I watched the first, like, three episodes, and I just didn't care for it. And I know yeah. that people say that, like, it gets better later on. But then Do I also they? hear that it gets worse at certain points. So I just don't know. I would say that the first three episodes were pretty indicative of whether oh. or not you're going to like the show. Oh. Uh, yeah. At I least for me, all the all the jokes and memes came from, like, the first few episodes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, all the I don't know what I expected and, like... There's always money in the uh, banana stand. Always money in the... Like, a lot of the memes came from the very first episodes. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> They're going to completely burn out of the memes. But then now they have the blue man group stuff <laughs> with Tobias Funke as a blue guy. You know, they, they still have some yeah. memes throughout the series. Uh, he blew himself. Yeah. Um, you don't have to watch past season three, though. Four and five went to Netflix, and whether because of budgetary reasons or everybody on staff just had better stuff going on, it it's nowhere near as good or even well written like interconnected plot thread written as seasons one to three. At least okay. that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do we have anything we want to talk about in the breakouts, or are we going right into the mandatory viewing? I have My not. My breakouts have been mandatory viewing. Yeah. Same. Like, I haven't watched anything or played anything, like, really that new. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can get into mandatory viewing. That's going to be the meat of this episode. Bitchin'. Loading up a, a match on Call Nuketown. Yeah. Yeah. Tactical When you level up. Yep. 
Let's keep making noises, everyone. <laughs> oh, I actually have to pull up my notes for the cutdowns. Shit, I almost forgot about that. Please do. Mm. Oh, yep, I'm gonna get mine too. We'll start start with the cutdowns. Uh, yeah, well, I think uh, oh. I think the order we should do this is talk about the cutdowns first, because I don't think that'll be very controversial. Um, then maybe talk about The Last of Us because it'll be nice. We'll be able to. Uh, get our opinions out on the game. I'm sure that they are very differing. Uh, but then Redline, I know is going to be a clusterfuck. <laughs> we should just burn through the first two so we can get to Redline. Um, that sounds fair. Uh, well, Andrew and I are pulling up those notes. Ryan, do you want to remind people what the cutdowns are? Yeah. So it's been over a month now since... Uh, all the broadcast networks, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, and the CW, uh, released a bunch of cutdowns, which are essentially uh, trailers for the pilot episodes of their of the first, or not of the first, of the pilot episodes, which are the first episodes of a new series. Um, so yeah, basically all the networks showing off their shows um, in condensed storylines that are a little different from trailers in that they also show, like, kind of more resolution and stuff so that you can get the feel for what the show is going to be about. Mm -hmm. so, All right. Yeah. So there were nearly two dozen of these. Uh, I'm averaging maybe two or three bullet points per thing. Do we just want to go through the list, uh, starting with CBS going down, and then... Yeah, if we hit one that we want to talk more about, we just do that? Yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. Cool. I can moderate as the assigner. All right, everyone, let's begin with CBS, America's number one most watched network. First show up, the brand new Dick Wolf entry, <laughs> swapping sides from NBC to CBS, it's FBI. I'm glad you framed it like that because one of my entries is... Dick Wolf is an extremely respected man with a fantastic career, but his name will never not make me giggle. Well, if you were to watch the full pilot episode, let me tell you, <laughs> it would be a dramatic ending and then executive producer Dick Wolf and you would be giggling <laughs> after something you probably shouldn't be giggling at. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they got the Nazi bad guy, which points to FBI for just having a Nazi be the bad guy in 2018. We, we talked about this, though. That's super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's completely careless. Like, it's, like I said, it's like the only safe villain at this point where you're not going to make anyone angry about representation because uh, they're white and because they're universally, almost universally hated. You're not going to get a Nazi support group that writes a letter. I guess... What I wish the show had done, though, was instead of making it like a 50-year-old sociopath Nazi, they'd instead gone the route of, hey, here's a late 20s, early 30s YouTuber Nazi guy. Maybe a little more, maybe a little more be a little, relevant, but... Yeah, it'd be a little more hip, yeah. but, I mean, yeah. Dick Wolf's been in the game for a long time. I don't think he's got his storytelling... Uh, not quota. His his storytelling methods pretty set in the way they are. So um, I'm glad this was the first one that I watched because it set the tone perfectly. Because 
you know, I'm not going to say that it looks like it would be a bad TV show, but it, it's just going to be a, another, you know, law enforcement procedural show. And, you know, I've seen enough of those in my life. But that being said, I've seen enough to know how the storytelling uh, usually works out in an episode like that. And in six minutes, they ran through fucking all of it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly how it would go. And it only took me six minutes to watch this show, and I feel like I didn't miss anything. Well, that's like, the thing with, uh, I think that's the disconnect between our generation, and I guess that's a generalization. Maybe more people that watch episodic television versus people that watch serialized television. Because people who watch episodic television are purely watching it for character interaction and seeing characterization and how people interact and, like, not really even development, more just like it feels like they're hanging out with their friends that they've come to know versus serialized. You're just there for the narrative. You're trying to see what the storyline, what happens next. So you, me and and Lucas are all, I, I think, pretty heavily slanted towards the serialized nature. So we're like, yeah, we know what's going to happen, but everyone else does, too. They just don't really care. They're more caring about like, oh, we get to watch what happens this week with this person. So... Yeah, and I I totally get that. I'm not going to shun that because that's how I used to watch TV. Like, NCIS was my favorite show for years. When I came to college, my taste in entertainment changed a little bit just because I wasn't relegated to watching a lot of the same shows that my parents did. And so I, you know, found a, a lot of new types of shows. But, you know, I, I used to be like, oh, yeah, it's a McGee episode. We don't get enough of those. Like, that'll be fun. And then, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I love seeing Gibbs head slap that person because that's what he is. Like it, You're right. It feels like you're you're watching the show just to see the funny things or, like, the serious things that, like, someone says and then how they interact with each other instead of it being like, oh, yeah, this is a really good episode because I didn't know that one was the killer, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Ryan, did you have any kind of reaction to this? Um, I've watched all of these pilots at this point. No, I guess not all of them. I've watched most of these pilots where I've seen the full episode and not just the cut down. Um, and I will say that FBI is really, really well executed. Okay. Oh, it is? So, yeah. Nice. I can tell you that much. It's not, of course, it's not like a crazy serialized narrative, complete departure from like Dick Wolf's brand and CBS's brand, but it, it is really well executed to the point that it's just so tight. I can't imagine it failing. Like, very similar to CBS's current offering, SWAT. Okay. Where it's just really tightly executed. It's got a charismatic lead or two. And that's all audiences really need for it to be at least passable, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not going to get canceled. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Maybe it'll take off and go past that level. But that's yet to be seen. Um, Weird question for you, then, if you've seen the pilot and remember it that well. Uh, I have a note that the female lead had maybe a little weird cadence to her line delivery. Does that character have, like, a thing that would explain that in-universe, or am I just overanalyzing the acting? No. no? Okay. There's, no, there's nothing in-universe. I didn't pick up on that. Okay. But, yeah, there wasn't anything in-universe that she has, like, a speech impediment or something. Okay. I think we're on God Friended Me then. Yeah. yeah. Moving on next, it's CBS's departure from their current programming oh that my I was God. just talking about called God Friended Me. A- and, and it starts with a raving rant about 
anti-religious ideals. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I mean, like, I know we're not going to be able to go through all of these cutdowns because there's so many of them, but I'm really glad we're going to talk about God Friended Me because I need someone to explain it to me. <laughs> it's, what do you need? It's, uh, like, what what's their message here? Is it that, you know, there's this, you know, atheist dude that's like, God isn't real, and and then, like, he's shown God's plan basically through his fucking Facebook account, and then that's, like, helping him, like, regain his faith? Is that the message, or am I totally missing it? I will say at the end of the pilot episode, it is left open-ended as to whether or not the God account is a person pretending to be God or a supernatural being who may or may not be a deity uh directing him Mm. so we don't know i (laughs) you gotta watch to find out i had a pretty negative reaction to this when it became apparent that uh the main character not actually an atheist uh he hates god uh because his mother died and then i have a note written x died in a car accident immediately after going into remission for their cancer was done in bojack horseman first Ooh, interesting. Mm. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, he's not an atheist, like you said. It's kind of the straw man atheist that has been made up where it's like someone believes that God exists but rejects him and is, is like, anti-Christian in a way. And so it's, like, it's not someone who's apathetic because they just don't believe that a deity exists. It's someone that's openly hostile to the idea because they believe that he exists but is... Hates them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I can empathize with you there. I'm curious how it works because that opening, whew, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of hate. <laughs> That's for sure. Do you guys have anything written down for Magnum PI? Um, and up next, it's Magnum PI. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry. The I'm reboot of the classic Tom Selleck series, which uh, guy doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw that. I was like, I was waiting for the end where he was going to maybe be like, I'm thinking about changing up my look. And then like a month later has a giant fucking mustache. But <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's going to be another reboot, you know? Does... It, it, Mac- MacGyver's working on CBS right now. I, it's just... Those kind of work. Does so there you go. Yeah. Does CBS uh, is CBS the one that does uh, Hawaii Five O? It is. Yep. Boy, that'll let them double dip on those uh, sets. Then good for them. Yeah, they got an interesting Friday too, where it goes MacGyver, which is a reboot, into Hawaii Five O, which is a reboot, into Blue Bloods, which is Tom Selleck's starring <laughs> role yep. now, and then they're rebooting Magnum PI. <laughs> so. Reboots and uh, Tom Selleck. So there you how go. How many how many steps are we taking to Kevin Bacon? <laughs> I I don't know what Tom Selleck's in other than maybe. <laughs> is that? Oh no, he was mentioned in um, uh, Meet the Robinsons because he, he voiced the dad. Does that? <laughs> he voiced he voiced the father I think in oh, Meet really? the Robinsons, okay. and then like they said like, your dad, what does he look like? And the guy's like Tom Selleck, and it's like ha 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 ha. Mm. Because that's the voice actor. Anyway. Um, uh, moving on next. It's The Neighborhood. May- CBS's new multicam starring Cedric the Entertainer. Is that... I don't know. Wait. Is that the one with Cedric the Entertainer? It is. Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, okay. Mel is the other one with the other guy. The other famous dude that's just kind of there. 
Um, Mel. Completely different show. Or Rel. Okay. Sorry, not Rel. Not Mel. Oh, Rel. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Neighborhood kind of looks it, fucking stupid. It's just a, a multicam about a neighborhood and a couple of families that are different. Yeah. So there you go. That's the comedic engine. That's the show. But it's like, hey, I'm a wealthy black man and I'm racist. I don't think he was wealthy in the show. Well, he was talking about like a you know successful, like how he wants to keep the neighborhood, like strictly successful black people. Yeah, I guess you could say successful. I wouldn't call him wealthy. They don't live in like a mansion or something. Oh, okay. It's like they're they're like middle class. Oh. All of those houses look looked very nice to me. Yeah, I think that might be TV. That's yeah, that's just TV oh, then. Yeah. They they're they're trying to portray it as like it's not the greatest neighborhood in the world, but everyone's proud of it because it's theirs. How much okay. are you willing to bet that the black dad and the white dad bond because they both had uh white uh, blue collar fathers who maybe maybe we're a little rough with them at times having watched the pilot i will bet all the money in the world that it won't happen in the pilot <laughs> okay because it doesn't i'm saying at some point There's not really any resolution at all in the pilot which i actually kind of appreciate <laughs> because otherwise it gets real cyclical if it's yeah. like they have differences then they resolve them and then they go back to having differences in the next episode so it's more just like they have differences there's like a mild peace treaty at the end but you realize like this is not going to stop having differences and then they go on to the next episode so yeah. okay yeah up next happy together the damon wayans jr vehicle on cbs multicam okay so um the lead female in this amber stevens west uh is yes she's awesome yeah she's 31 years old she played a college student in 22 jump street yep. but there was a line in this where there was a tabloid saying that the famous kid was going through mommy issues because he was seen at a club with her. And that is... Yeah. Wh- what? I think it was just played up for a joke. But yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to keep shitting all over, you know, CBS. But I think that out of all the shows, it seemed to me to look like it had the least amount of production value. And that that's part of it. A lot of things didn't make sense. Like, his wife looked super fucking young. Like, I would guess late 20s. And like, oh my god, look how old she is. And then, like, they were, like, in a club that was clearly, like, someone's basement. Or, like, just four walls in a set with a bunch of people. I was going to say, it wasn't someone's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you that much. Okay. It just, I don't know. It seemed like there was very little production value added to this. Mm. That's fair enough. Up next, NBC, the number one most watched network between adults 18 to 49, which sometimes matters, sometimes <laughs> doesn't, who knows. Uh, first up is Manifest, a Lost ripoff. I, the only it, note I have is that this Lost remake looks pretty mediocre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I My gut reaction was like, okay, this looks kind of interesting, but like, I really don't see it having any sort of like success. In, in its narrative, like, it seems like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting concept. Like, a plane just sort of, like, experiences turbulence and lands five years later, like, nothing happened. And then people are trying to figure out, like, what's going on, and all their lives are changed. Like, that, that concept sounds interesting. But I really don't see it going anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, there's opportunity, but mm, yeah. we'll see what happens with it. Um, 
Do you think it'll work? Like, yeah. do you think people will watch, or will it be like timeless and get canceled after the first season and then brought back because there's fan outrage and then canceled again after the second season? Two seasons yeah. at the most. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go with That's that. Kind of what I think. I think they More might give it a chance. I think there will be like enough inklings of fan support to give it a second season, and then it won't go anywhere. Cool. Up next, New Amsterdam. There's more medical. There's a doctor who yep, struggles. That's about it. <laughs> He's like, I've got. I'm a doctor. I myself have cancer, and I'm trying to make this hospital a better place by making people care about their patients. The end. This Scrubs remake doesn't look very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little. It's a little more of a. You might even say drama, but yes. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Up next, I Feel Bad, NBC single camera comedy starring, it's not starring these people, <laughs> but they're the people that I know, James Buckley from The Inbetweeners, and also uh, uh, Johnny Pemberton, who's on a lot of podcasts. They're very bit parts. They're probably like seventh and ninth billing, respectively. Oh. Um, um, I wrote that I this is... Those people were. I wrote that this is the first one that I think might actually like enjoy it as a full uh, full show. I thought it looked pretty Andrew? funny. Like okay. I, I can see it having uh, the same sort of audience that would watch, you know, Modern Family, or like uh, Jane the Virgin or the Mindy Project, that sort of thing. Like it seems like it would be very funny. I, uh, Only one of those shows that you listed is successful on broadcast, <laughs> by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Those are shows Jane, that I Jane hear the people Virgin, talk about all the time. Yeah, Jane the Virgin doesn't get numbers. It's a CW show, so it gets all of its audience from streaming. Oh. The Mindy Project failed on broadcast and had to be moved to Hulu. Modern Family is obviously Modern Family. So. You're right. Uh, okay. I've watched the whole pilot. No, I don't agree. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I did not think it was very funny at all. But oh, okay. Uh, you didn't like a bunch of 20-something game developers lecturing a 30-something woman about feminism? You didn't think that was a good bit? Uh, just, it wasn't funny. I didn't laugh. That's fine. Okay. There was comedies that made me laugh, and this one wasn't one of them. So All right, I, fair enough. I'll, I'll chalk that up. Um, up next, ABC, the network that only has successfully uh, racially charged people on it now. Yep. <laughs> that was off the cuff. No, that's yeah. fine. That's accurate. Um, um, up first, The Kids Are All Right, uh, 80s throwback family comedy with white people. Very on the nose, where they're like, people say that these times are turbulent, but look at the 80s. It was actually the 70s, sorry. Or 70s, whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Watergate. Like, I don't like the very... Uh, like when I say very white, I don't mean you know in terms of culture. I mean that that actor who also played Abraham Ford in The Walking Dead is just a very very pale man. <laughs> just like like oh Nixon didn't do anything wrong. That's phony news. Like phony news. Like obviously yeah. just the most on the nose callback to today's political climate. And he looks like Sean Astin. So <laughs> yeah. Um. um the thing that interested me about the show the most is that it essentially looks like the family from Fry's past in Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Now, I've having... Well, Lucas, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, 
Uh, just two quickie ones. Um, this has some Malcolm in the Middle vibes to me, and that immediately piques my interest. And yeah, I think this is maybe one of the first ones I saw where, I don't know, even if I like don't actually end up watching it, I can see this one being kind of successful or people within my circle being like, hey, maybe you should check this out sometime. You might like it. Yeah. So having watched the whole pilot, I am inclined to agree with you, Lucas. Mm. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it's obviously going to come under fire because it has a cast of 12 people <laughs> and they're all white and most of them guys because it's a family full of guys but that's where the writer grew up in, in his family which was an irish catholic white family and then they were all boys so he, like he wrote what he knows it's hard to hard to fault him for that mm. um and it was going to have a roseanne lead-in uh now assumedly it will be the connors the roseanne spin-off lead-in so still compatible uh wouldn't be shocked to see it uh drum up some success all right Okay. Um, up next, single parents, single single camera comedy at ABC with Brad Garrett and others. He's still acting. Yeah, yeah he's still a thing. That was the only thing I wrote for this one. <laughs> he's still around, and he's still playing a jerk. All right. Also, the show isn't for me. Yeah, plain and simple. Yeah. Agreed. It's up not next. meant for us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say it's not meant for us. No, no, no. Up keep ne- keep rolling. Let's burn through these. Yeah, up next, The Fix, a show written by Marsha Clark about clearly the OJ scandal. Yeah, no, fuck me, <laughs> But dude. it's like her fantasy for if she were to get a redo. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking bad for America. Yeah, dude, it looks so fucking stupid. No, this, dude, is, we were... this is going to be a TV show that directly pits a wealthy black man against a strong, independent white woman. <laughs> this is going to be divisive, okay? The fabric of our society will fall apart as a result. Right, not that far, but, like, fucking read the room, right? Look at the world standing right now of politics and maybe think, yeah, we can shelve this for another for, for, for another decade or so. When we read the script, there's a moment where the Marsha Clark character... Uh, goes home to her ranch and her hot husband and all of her oh horses. And we're like, this is just Marsha Clark's <laughs> fantasy life. Like, oh. <laughs> it's just really sad <laughs> more than anything. Fuck. Uh, but we all had a hearty laugh, so that was good. <laughs> uh, God. Oh, man. Up next, Grand Hotel, the soapiest soap that ever soaped. Yeah, no, it looks very, very soapy. Uh, I was super excited when I clicked on this link because I, I thought it was going to be a TV show about the uh the titular uh Wes Anderson film dude oh, Grand Budapest Hotel. No yeah. literally I wrote throw a Budapest in the middle of this title and you got yourself a TV show <laughs> Nope it's a Miami there's hot people having sex yep. and they have oh there's mystery and backstabbing Yeah this is going to make way more money than opera. it should This this looks like it was kind of just uh if they took Riverdale and made it even more mature than it already is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Up next, a million little things, aka guys talking about their feelings and multiple suicide attempts in the pilot. Yeah. Like, geez. <laughs> uh the guy the guy who has cancer is the lead actor from Psych, and dear God, I don't think it could be a different role. I don't I don't yeah. think it could be a more different role. Yeah, he's quite the womanizer in this. Which is interesting. Oh, he is. Um, the cancer guy? 
Yeah. Oh. There's he he apparently uses his breast cancer as a way to have an in with all the hot breast cancer patients. Oh, really? <laughs> because then they're like, "Why is he here? He's a man." And then he's like, "Well, men can have breast cancer." And then they're like, "I'm gonna have sex with you." And then that happens. Oh. <laughs> I did not get that vibe from the cutdown. He seems like he was more of a nihilist, angry, like. Oh yeah, that like... comes out. Oh okay. No, that's part of it. Okay. Um, the only thing I wrote is that this seems kind of generic to me. Yeah. I, it doesn't seem and the like guy it, from Office Space, go anywhere. And the guy from Office Space and Band of Brothers dies in like the first couple minutes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he had arguably the most star power. He definitely seemed gone. like he was the most interesting character. What's and he's name? literally Liv- not even Ron Livingston. Mm. His name's Ron Livingston. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Apologies. It's good. Um, up next, the rookie, Nathan Fillion's in it, so it'll probably do fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I see that, and I think it looks like it could be, like, a nice twist on an episodic cop drama that has, you know, like, it's funny, it's got Nathan Fillion. You know, I had the guilty pleasure of watching uh, Castle, uh, like, a handful of times, because my mom and sister really liked it. And, like, I'd watch it and be like, yeah, this is funny, like, I enjoy this, I'm not gonna watch it on my own time, but... And I, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to get those vibes from this. But I don't see how it's going to continually go, like, into the future. Yeah, you like, can't be a rookie yeah. for seven yeah. seasons, can he? In season four, he's going to be like, oh, man, you hate me because <laughs> I'm, you know, new and I'm 45 now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm a little bit over the hill and I've never done any police work ever. I'm going to go to L.A., the easiest precinct yep. ever to work. Uh, I actually think this might be okay if they lean into the comedy stuff a bit. Like, maybe not Brooklyn, definitely not Brooklyn Nine-Nine levels, but maybe more of a dramedy? I think there's some untapped potential uh, with cop shows in that kind of genre. And if anybody could do it, it'd be Nathan Fillion. There you go. Up next, Whiskey Cavalier, which Jimmy Fallon made fun of relentlessly for a stupid title at the upfront. Oh, really? It was incredible <laughs> Jimmy he Fallon was there to shreds. he's it? like yeah well he's like who came up with this stupid title <laughs> and then the the president had to come out and like be like uh we'll have Jimmy back up here in seven years when it's a hit and it was like really <laughs> wow everyone was really uncomfortable it was great Jeez. I think it looked funny like it definitely took the uh I don't know. I like. I'm. I'm definitely getting like get smart vibes to it. You know, like it's. I can see that. Like it's a hardcore sort of like spy show that's really funny. Uh, Lauren Cohen is in it. Laura She's Cohen. She's leaving The Walking Dead because of it. Yeah. Well, so, she better be good. <laughs> uh, totally unrelated to the cutdowns, but both her and Andrew Lincoln are going to be in six episodes of The Walking Dead this season and then leave. Yay. Six total episodes. Don't know if that's going to be, like, first six episodes or, like, scattered throughout, but super weird. Uh, glad she's off the show because I really like her as an actress, and she needed to get out of that show earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have um, to say about Whiskey Cavalier. Glad Laura Cohen isn't in the Walking <laughs> Dead anymore. Well, there you go. Our script club, when we read this one, it was one of our favorite dramas. I so. actually think it, I'm pretty on board for this. I hope it lives up yeah. to the premise. 
Take take it as it will. Hopefully the title isn't <laughs> enough of an offset. No, I mean, that no like one it's it. it's his code name. Like I didn't think the, the title does sound stupid, but if it's his code name, like I think that's fine. No, it's perfectly motivated. It's just to a viewer that's literally never seen an episode. Are they going to be like, I'm going to watch Whiskey Cavalier? Because that makes sense to me. Versus like FBI. It's like, I wonder what I'm going to get from that show. <laughs> <laughs> like I, Some of them are a little more on the nose than others. I, I think that Whiskey Cavalier looks very promising. I agree. All right. Oh, sorry. My monitor went black. All right. Up next is Fox, the network that is a network. And that's about it. Coming soon. Uh, first pilot, The Cool Kids, written by Charlie Day. Yeah. And another Always Sunny writer, I believe, uh, about old people. I think it looks funny. I don't know how long it can go before the gimmick gets kind of old, but Charlie Day, very funny. The, the, at least the clips they showed in the cutdown seemed pretty funny. Yeah, there's. Uh, I don't really see it going anywhere. Yeah, there's no chance I'm going to watch this, but I guess props to them for hiring almost a, a lot of older actors, which I know don't usually get a lot of meaningful work. So, yeah, props for that. You say older. Um, Some of them seem like they're 62. just in old people masks. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of them is 62. I can't remember his name. Um, I'm like, wow, that is pretty early to be in a retirement home. Um, I think the oldest one of them is like 72, which I still feel like is on the young side of a retirement home. So they definitely are still pretty aged down. I imagine it's a lot harder to find work as an 80 plus year old actor than a 60 to 70 year old actor. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. (laughs) Props. Um, up next, Rel, AKA the TSA guy from Get Out. Yeah. (laughs) He got his show and Sinbad's in it. (laughs) So that's what so Sinbad's that. been doing for the last 15 <laughs> years, preparing yeah. for this show. For the role of a lifetime, as Rel's dad. Uh, any thoughts, anyone? Nope. Um, that This pilot, for me, having watched the full episode, was probably the one that made me laugh out loud the most. Oh, really? Um, it, it was very. It was a lot more joke- like, we're going to do a setup, and we're going to hit him with a punchline, versus, like, a wacky situation, which seems like a lot of comedies have been resorting to lately. Um, so it's almost like a stand-up bit in a, in a sitcom form. Okay. So I thought it was funny. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's a thing. Um, yeah. Up next, The Passage. I just don't have anything to say about The Passage. What is this show about? Right? <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, um, we're a secret government lab, and also there's a virus that's going to wipe out the entire Earth, but also, he, like, it's about just this guy going around with this kid that he kidnapped? <laughs> like, what, show, is, what is happening? The show was in development, um, not for this season, actually, but it was for last season, and they kept it in development for another year, and are now... Feeling like it's okay to be released, I guess. Okay. Um, but, uh, I can finally I make this joke now. Uh, hey, a Last of Us TV show. Sure. Nah. I got more of, like, Logan vibes, but not, like, not in any, like, good sort of way. Like, it just seemed like, oh, like, there's this guy and his, like, surrogate daughter trying to make it across the border because there's government <laughs> agents after him. But, like just in the loosest plot sense that's the kind of vibe that i got but it doesn't look good at all there you go have you seen next or i was gonna ask if you had seen this pilot 
I have. And? It's just as confusing oh. when you watch the full pilot. Okay. Anything special. Uh, up next, Proven Innocent, a.k.a. Making a Murderer Becomes a Drama. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. What do you guys think? I What's just fine? wrote three seasons at the most. Oof. That's generous. Yeah. Not going to lie. Um, up next, Cosmos pop, Possible Worlds. Does this even count good. as a new show? <laughs> yeah. Since, like, it's I mean, season it's, it's three supposedly of a spinoff. It's supposedly a spinoff, and Fox released a cut down, so I'm like, whatever, it's going on the list. Um, it's cool that Seth yeah. MacFarlane's in it. Yeah. It's yeah. actually going to be good, obviously. Yeah. So, whoop de doo I guess. <laughs> um, cool. Up next, Charmed. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to introduce the network. Cut, cut that. <laughs> Up next, The CW, a.k.a older teenagers are portraying younger teenagers uh but they're sexy network yeah um yeah yeah up first charmed the reboot of a show that no one watched and no one asked for um my sister watched that show religiously oh boy and let me Never tell mind. you like the clips that i got walking through the living room made me go like what the fuck the <laughs> every single time without fail she watched that show all the time. She watched reruns. She, she got the seasons from the library and watched them all over again. Every single time I saw her watching that show, I was like, what is happening? And this looks like it's that, except, like you said, young young people playing even younger people, and it doesn't really look any sort of appealing. Not for me. <laughs> Feels like a lot of these are Lucas's comment is not for me I, which is fair I, yeah, we're sisters I mean, and that makes our bond strong and also magic <laughs> I, whose planet is ruled by a magical princess i think someone <laughs> will like this a lot of people might like this a lot of people like the original charmed i'm not one of those people and i don't want to be like yeah this looks dumb when i it's just fundamentally like not anything i would ever be into so that's all i can say there you go. Yeah. Up next, All American, aka Friday Night Lights, but everyone's hot and there's swimming pool parties all the time. Yeah, this is so um, fucking on the nose. There's I no can face see. Left. I can see this show going either way, because it's like, yeah, you know, like football in high school, and that's like always just kind of a thing that people like. But at the same time, it's like not really about the football; it's about the hot people. So, yeah. There you go. You mean Blue Mountain State? Do you mean a good show that centers around football? Yeah, not everyone's hot in Blue Mountain State. That doesn't seem like yeah. it's the... Like, the characters aren't. Obviously, there's, like, a ton of fan service. Yeah. <laughs> with a lot of hot <laughs> people. But, I mean, other than, obviously, Thad Castle, who is a god. Yep. Just a, a golden of god of a human being. Um... Wow, guys, we made it through. What is your favorite cut down of them all? Oh boy. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I'd say it's a toss up between uh, Whiskey Cavalier because I thought that looked really entertaining, and God friended me because I laughed really hard watching it because it looks really fucking stupid. Uh. 
There you go. I think, yeah, it's got to be Whiskey Cavalier for me. Um, they got a lot of talent on the show, and I, it actually seems like they're changing up a pretty tired formula in some interesting, fun ways. So, that one. There you go. My favorite drama would be Whiskey Cavalier as well. I agree. And my favorite comedy would actually be The Kids Are All Right. So, ABC has got my vote. Cool. We did it. Hey. That was 45 minutes. We oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we did it. We are going Hold to have up. to uh, spend much less time on The Last of Us and Redline than what I thought we were going to, but hey. Or we won't, and it'll just be a really long episode. Yeah, I'm fine with it being that. a really long episode. All right, All right. Andrew, do you want to, where do you want us the, to start with The Last of Us? You're the caretaker. Um, so, yeah, The Last of Us, you guys know how I feel about it, um, Really interested to see your takes because, uh, Ryan, you've played The Last of Us before, and so this is your second time around, like, five years later. Lucas, you've never played it, but you've heard me rant and rave about it for about five years. So, what, Lucas, what was your, uh, reaction to that intro, like, first 20 minutes of the game? Everyone always talks about it. There's a lot of moments that I want to, like, sort of touch on and see what your impressions were. Um, I had I, I had seen the intro of the game prior. I, I think oh, I was you with you during one of, at the beginning of one of your half a dozen playthroughs of it. So I had seen it prior. Um, revisiting it now, it... I, I think a lot of video games, just in general they don't really show the time before things get really bad when there's an apocalyptic setting, you know? Generally, mm-hmm. it's you're right in the middle of it or it's just like a quick five-minute thing of here's what it's like before. It's just a cutscene or something. This, I thought, did a really good job kind of establishing Joel as a character, um, getting just enough of who his daughter is that... Her death, it's actually impactful to the player, and you realize why it'd be so impactful to Joel. So I think it was really well done, like a really good opening. Awesome. And playing as his daughter, I yeah. think, established a, yeah. a player bond. Yeah, Yeah. to that early just making you care about a character. It's similar. This is going to be a terrible comparison. Uh, similar to like Modern Warfare 2 when you're playing as a character who you just assume you're going to be playing as for the rest of the game and then you die as that character and it's like oh wow wait and then all of a sudden you're like kind of forced into that role of like oh like this world is going to maybe be a little different than other ones that I had previously encountered so yeah second playthrough held out a-okay obviously the gameplay wasn't as intense as later parts of the games like it was just kind of moving in different directions Mm -hmm. there wasn't any i guess there was probably a couple of qtes or something but nothing too intense for that so it was just purely following the story and i loved revisiting that i agree Hmm. um let's get into a little bit of the gameplay and then once we discuss the gameplay for a little bit i want to ask about other points in the story and how you felt about it but uh ryan i know you said that you weren't as impressed uh, by the gameplay this time around. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I first time around, I think that I just gave the gameplay a complete pass because all it was for me 
was something I needed to do to get what happens next, which I was so engrossed in trying to find out what was going to happen and how the story was going to play out that I just kind of ignored the fact that, boy, it's it's to me, it is incredibly clunky. Um, I, I get the scarcity aspect of it, uh, but it just made me feel like constantly paranoid and made me like save things that I probably didn't need to save. Like I could have shot that gun a few more times, but instead I tried to like, be way more stealthy than I normally would in a video game and then get really frustrated because I'd have to redo the same part like five times before I finally decided to just go loud and kill everything. Um, I don't know. I really struggled with the gameplay this time through and thought that I would enjoy it much more uh, as one of the movies where they just get the cutscenes and the relevant gameplay and throw it on YouTube together. Okay. Um, Which I know is sacrilege to you. <laughs> I mean, like, I I just didn't get that when I played through the game. Um like, I, I thought everything ran really smooth, and I really liked the scarcity aspect. Um, I thought the mechanics worked pretty good. Uh, but that, and like, at this point, it's just an opinion thing. Like, I thought it was this thing, and you thought it was another thing. It wasn't like we're interpreting something different. Um, yeah. But Lucas... I feel... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Just to wrap it up, I feel like when the gameplay was trying to deliver a crucial moment of, like... We don't want this to be a cutscene. We want you to be in control, but it needs to flow really well, and we don't want it to be like in our normal. I'm, I'm coming back to that word clunky, but like we don't want it to be in that normal phrase. They would just throw it as a QTE and have you like hit a button, um, which felt like it was kind of a cop out a little bit. Felt like some other video games would try to deliver that via gameplay. I'm curious if you guys had any moments that you remember uh, while you were actually like in combat or like doing something game wise. Cause for me, all the moments I remember were cutscenes. Um, I guess to that point, And then to me get to Andrew's question, the only like big game, like I'm in control moments that I really like kind of stuck out to me were actually when the stealth stuff was fucking up a little bit. And I'd be hiding behind something and Ellie was clearly visible to an enemy and then they just... Or she's like sprinting around. Yeah, that... that I only got like the sprinting around like once, I think. But otherwise, okay. boy, line of sight, she'd, she'd be dead right now. But um, besides that, I think my reaction to all of the gameplay and I think most of the story was kind of... And I'm I'm going into this without like uh, Ryan, your golden first playthrough kind of, but my reaction is a lot more like when you see a really well made, well done movie or something that just it, it nails it. It does exactly what it tried to do, but then just didn't click for you. So you're left with kind of this feeling of, I can appreciate this, but I don't know if I loved this. And that's kind of where I'm sitting on The Last of Us. It, I don't think any element, uh, any element of it is bad, necessarily. I'm, I was never, like, really upset or pissed off at the game. But, yeah, it, it didn't really click with me. I am just going to say and go on record, not a personal attack at you at all, but I really, really wish that you would have had a playthrough where you did not have anything spoiled for you. Oh, okay, that's fair. Because for me, it was so much just a roller coaster ride. I wanted to know what happened next. 
when a gameplay thing would happen, like our big story moment would drop, I'd be like, oh my God, how, how's this going to affect them? How's this going to change their relationship? I was just so into it as a result of that. I, so I'm curious if that would have changed your mind. I mean, it probably would have, but I think that's just uh, a reconcile you have to make playing a game from 2013. Yeah. Um, like my, my opinion on it is that the, the story is what makes the game great but the the gameplay doesn't like hold it back at all i think it just works the way it's supposed to and like i don't know like be, i'm a big fan of you know uncharted which is another naughty dog game and that third person perspective even though the games are very different like probably exact opposite in the way that you play as nathan drake swinging around punching people in the face climbing up mountains and discovering the lost cities of name a region um you know versus like the slow stealthy grittiness of this game i still get that same sort of vibe of like everything works the way it's supposed to the story is like what you're here for but like the gameplay offers that like entertain like entertainment factor because mm-hmm. like i i enjoyed like playing different levels in the last of us but like at the end of the day the story is what makes it great that's fair. I think Ryan and I were talking a little bit before, and maybe we're kind of getting at this might click a little, this might be a little better if it were, I don't know, like a 12 or 8 episode Netflix special or something. Do you have any kind of reaction to that, Andrew? Well, I mean, like, obviously I'm going to say that I would prefer this as a video game just because that's how, that's you how experience I experienced it. Yeah. it. And I think that the way that the they told the story could only be done through a video game but i'm gonna be honest if you know this game had come out as you know a mini series i'm sure i still would have enjoyed the fuck out of it because mm. i mean That's like funny. i i did watch through like that six hour last of us movie you know like they've got a couple of different versions on youtube where it's like the relevant gameplay and then all the cutscenes, like what ryan talked about it's still good like that but like there's something about the connection to the characters that you have because you are controlling them that you're seeing that you are seeing it through the perspective by the way of like playing as them like controlling their movements and that sort of thing it establishes a connection between you and the characters that doesn't always come through in movies and television but like it still probably would have worked well Mm. like for instance, the giraffe scene, and this is the next thing that I wanted to talk about. The giraffe scene, I don't think, would have been quite as impactful in a movie if you hadn't have been the one that was putting these characters through just the grueling slog they had gone through over the course of a year, trying to get where they were. Like it, it's such an, it had taken such an emotional toll on them, and this um, this moment of reprieve did just wonders for me because i was like oh my god like this is so emotional they're just like looking out this window enjoying the scenery and like watching the giraffes and like that's that moment was meant for me like as the player like it's like okay yeah you've like put these characters through all these awful things but here is like this like small moment of like hope and happiness in this like totally shitty world what did you what did you guys get out of it 
Yeah, I still... First, the playthrough. Uh, giraffes, by the way, are my favorite large animal. Aww. Um, hummingbirds are the favorite small animal, but those are like my top two. Those are the right really choices. Choose between them. <laughs> yeah. Don't really choose between them, but those are my two favorites. Um, yeah, no, I love 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 it i totally got it the very first time it's really really emotional people forget about the build-up where ellie's clearly in a completely different place the scene opens with her looking at a marking of a deer on the wall representing the whole winter where she had to basically survive without joel and then the complete ordeal that she went through with the cannibals um and then there's a moment where you go uh, and go to prop her up and get her up to the ledge like you've done a thousand times in the game and she's she's not like ready she's not like eager and willing to go and it's just really really good job of like representing the fact that she has gone through so much and then when she finally gets up there and she starts freaking out and you're just like what oh no what can, what are they going to do now like how are they going to put them even deeper into a hole and then yeah like you said it's like a total release like wow they're, they get a bit of happiness finally. It is really amazing. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was good. That was a really good part of this game. And just two characters that more than maybe any in the medium really needed a win at that moment finally got a win. And I guess, Andrew, to your point and to take uh, back a little bit from the point I made before, a uh, kind of similar scene to that um, from The Walking Dead I think back in season two, uh, when they see a, like, I, God, I forget most of The Walking Dead, but uh, the little a, a deer, yeah, yeah, but the little girl is missing, and everybody's really pissed off, and a lot of their friends had just died, but then Carl sees a giant stag, and Rick's like, yeah, go pet him, that'll be awesome. Carl does it, and like, well, he does end up getting shot, but like. <laughs> I knew exactly where that story was going, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I don't know if this is a great representation. But, yeah. like, prior to that, when things were still good in that scene from The Walking Dead, that like good was seconds. not as high as the good that I got from watching Ellie pet the giraffe. And that was, yeah, that 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 was definitely a, this means so much more because it's a video game scene. Yeah. I have a question for the both of you. How long did you stand there and watch them? Did you watch them until they left, or did you leave? I, I watched them until they left. Until they left, I, yeah. I did the same. I literally stood there until the giraffes were off the screen, and even then I stayed for like an extra 10 seconds just in case they'd come back. So that is something, yeah, that you couldn't do in a movie. You you have the audience's control, whereas it's the opposite way around in a video game. You could, you could just feasibly stand there for hours if you wanted to. Yeah. So... It was, like, just this beautiful scenery of, like, the mountains by Salt Lake City, Utah. Like, it was kind of, like, beginning to be a bit of a sunset. The giraffes were just incredible. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just going to stay here forever. Yeah. You should YouTube it at the very least if you haven't seen it. It's not It's not really spoilery, although you won't get the full impact. Yeah, I, w- I would just recommend play playing through the, through the whole game. game. <laughs> <laughs> it, that is one way to do it. It is, like, ten bucks now. Or watching the movie, hmm. if you don't feel like it in the game. Um, Should we just go to, like, our hot takes? Yeah, give me give me your hot takes. So, I'll go through all my notes. Um, the first note was, I f- completely forgot how incredible the voice acting is. Yeah. Like, c- 
compared to other video games, especially for the time, I just oh, I just exploded with how much emotion was packed. It came from obviously the opening sequence that obviously had a ton, and then but even like uh, Joel and Tess walking around yeah. Boston before they meet Ellie. There's just so much character behind their voice acting for like not that important of a sequence in the grand scheme of things, but they just put so much effort, so much talent into it. That was like next level, like take this game up a notch. And I feel like completely necessary for a game in which the story is going to be the main engine, so to speak. Mm. Um, so I really love that. Um, next it was the, I was really impressed I mean, clearly, it must have just been the main aspect that the story editors worked on was the progression of Joel and Ellie's relationship and how you felt them getting closer and closer and more trusting of each other. And there was like setbacks and leap forwards. And it was really, really impressive that it was almost like they didn't even have to do a story arc because the arc was just their relationship, which was, again, awesome. Um, then I had the human noises that the zombies were making. Oh, God. Are very, mm. very different from most zombie movies and are absolutely spine chilling. Just yes. the way that it was just humans going like, ah, 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 like making creepy human noises yeah. was way worse to me than like the kind of otherworldly noise that most zombies make. So when I, I we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but when I saw Annihilation, like to me, the vibe of that movie, not the story, not the characters, but the vibe of that movie and the setting and like the sorts of body horror that were in, in that really made me think like this is what The Last of Us would feel like as a movie. And yeah. the, the, the sort of like the way they use sound to just make you so uncomfortable like, drew me back to the, the different creatures that there are in The Last of Us. Like, dear God. Like, the clickers, the, the sound that the clickers make is so iconic. But even, like, just the regular, like, kind of infected. The runners are it for me. Yeah, yeah. like, that's sort of like, they, they sound like they're in so much pain. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh clickers, my God. The clickers have that otherworldly, like, zombie sound where they're making a weird noise that isn't really human. And then the, the horror comes from the fact that it's a human body kind of making that noise. Right. Versus the runners, it's the fact that, like, the humanity has completely left these human bodies, but they're still human enough to make completely human noises. And even, like, kind of, it's almost like they're talking, and it's just real, real eerie. Mm. So that was one of my core takeaways from, especially the beginning of the game, when it's mostly runners that you're facing. Um and you hear them from a mile away, and they're just kind of, like, freaking out, making... It sounds like someone who's kind of had a psychotic break more than a person who's become a zombie. So, that's eerie. Um, let's see. And then I just have two more. They're kind of quicker. Um, the first one is I'm curious if there's going to be any consequences to Joel's endgame lie um, in the sequel. If we're going to revisit that a little bit and see, like... You know, he kind of risked everything to risk all of humanity, really, mm-hmm. uh, just to protect the person he loves. Um, I don't know if we're going to dive into that a little bit in the sequel, but I will definitely be trying to play. Yeah, um, one comment that I had about that is that 
after the giraffe scene, the game took a completely different tone for me. I'm not sure if everyone picked up on it, but what I kind of felt was after the giraffe scene, they do eventually hit you with that sort of things are going wrong. You know, uh, Ellie is like taken. She's knocked out because of like falling in the river. The fireflies find them. She's unconscious. Joel's taken captive, kind of. They they kind of let him go, but say that they're going to have to basically kill Ellie to get the thing that's in her that'll cure the infection. Um, basically save the world. And I kind of got the feeling that that fight that Joel goes through in the hospital to go through all the fireflies, it felt different than the other fights in the game. You know, where you're fighting, you know, they call them the hunters. They're any post-apocalyptic you know band of like raiders thieves murderers like this felt different because it felt like joel was not fighting for survival but he was fighting like he totally gave up his humanity and was fighting just to like be like get the right of fatherhood back and was like i can't lose this again this is the one thing that i need in my life like to be this father for this kid and he like kills so many people and it's just like this sort of like angry, rage-filled rampage through the hospital. And it felt very different to the game. And then I kind of got the vibe at the end that that surrender of humanity that he gave was all for naught. Because Ellie kind of, I, I kind of got the idea that she saw through his lie. And that she wasn't going to let him into her life the way that he wanted to. And I think that was part of it. Like he gave, he basically sacrificed all of humanity gave up his own humanity and it didn't really get him what he wanted but i mean we'll see how that actually plays out in the sequel but that's what i kind of felt Mm. what what did you see in that moment yeah I, i agree that ellie definitely saw through it um i'm curious to what levels she forgives him and they move on mostly just because i want them to be happy together yeah because you fall in love with them throughout the course of the game. Mm-hmm. But, we, uh, as the audience, deserve it. Is kind of how yeah, you feel fair. playing through that game. That is fair. What about you, Lucas? Um. Yeah, Ryan. To kind of your point, I think that the uh, maybe it was Andrew, whatever whoever made the point. Um. I I think that the only consequence to come of Joel's decision. Um, in the sequel is going to be Ellie kind of rejecting him uh, as a father figure. Um, maybe the secret somehow gets out to the community that they're in and they turn against them, they exile them or something like that. I don't know. But fuck, yeah, that was... <sighs> I, I don't think I can describe it any better, Andrew, than you just did how it was just such a shift from everything previously in the game. And I I don't know. I, I do want happiness for these characters, but after the decision Joel made, I'm not sure if he deserves that happiness, if that makes any sense, you know? Yeah, I get you. I have a question for the two of you. Did you kill the innocent doctors? No. I did not either. Okay, I did. Oh, <laughs> and I and, I didn't even realize that that was like optional oh, until no. I went back and there were people that just killed the doctor that was holding the scalpel. Um, yeah, I just 
took out the doctor with the scalpel and then immediately like without even thinking about it killed the other two as well and then i'm like i just assumed that they were gonna attack me as well because that was like the mode that the game had put me in throughout the entire uh rampage that joel had went on and then uh went back later and they were like yeah you don't have to kill those two and i was like oh interesting i wonder what that says about me (laughs) i i think that was just the game doing exactly what it wanted to do to the player Mm. yeah that's fair uh and then my last point was just really quick um i love the end credits song Mm. Mm -hmm. that was yeah a perfect perfect. cap like sometimes game of thrones kind of does that same thing where it cuts to a really thematic and like appealing uh end credits song after a really dramatic moment and that's how i feel uh the game ended and it was awesome yeah i listened through all of it Yep, no, watched the entire credits and didn't even, like, think about skipping them. So, that was cool. Lucas, give us your hot takes. Um, I only have a couple. Um, that, Like I said, kind of initially, um, this is just a beautiful, masterfully made game, but it didn't resonate with me like it did with the vast majority of people. Um... Did you guys find maybe a little bit of a disconnect that over the course of the game you travel like across the almost the entirety of the continental US but you also like never have more than two dozen bullets at any one time? No. No. There was a lot of time skips and everything like that. I just assumed that you know Gave, gave it the benefit of the doubt. Because, I mean, really, let me recount the whole story. Not that it's going to take that long in TLDR form. Um, Austin, Texas, your daughter dies. You go to Boston. Uh, you kill the drug leader and then find Ellie. You have to deliver her to the Fireflies. Fireflies dead. Uh, you go to uh, the friend guy in the Boston suburbs um, with the gay friend. And then you go to Baltimore and then you uh, go... No, Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, is it Pit- it's Pittsburgh. It's That's Pittsburgh. right. Yeah, you go to Pittsburgh, uh, and then post-Pittsburgh, you go to like uh, the area with yeah. the other uh, brothers, the two brothers. <laughs> two, two brothers. Right? The two brothers are before you go to Tommy, right? Yeah. 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 And then you go to Tommy... Uh, and then you go to winter. You go to uh, winter. No, you go to um Boulder. Or it's not Boulder actually. It's some random Colorado university. Yeah. Discount Boulder. Um, yeah, basically discount Boulder. Uh, and then Joel almost dies. You go winter. Uh, and then after winter, you go Salt Lake City. And then that's the end of the game until you go back to Tommy's. So yep. yeah, really, it's like six or seven locations. They're pretty far apart though. Yeah. But and like well, that, I mean, like at one point they have a car and they've got a horse. Yeah. But like this game takes place in over the, the time course skips. of more than a year. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming in the time skips, it's mostly just like relatively uneventful traveling. Like they're not going through the stuff that you're playing through yeah. in the game during the three months between when they're traveling from uh, the two brothers to um, Tommy's or something. Yeah. They're probably just walking down a highway. 
yeah walking maybe encounter a couple of them but it's not really a big deal i guess so i found that a little bit of a disconnect that they have the resources to travel this much but also not super defend themselves well but that that was me um and then i ryan i remember you saying this a while it might have been the last podcast or the one before it but you were hoping that joel is a does have a larger presence in The Last of Us 2. Um, I think I really like Ellie's character more than Joel's. And I think I'm super fine if she is the only character you play as in Last of Us 2. And if it oh. is like 90% her story and 10 or 5% Joel's. Well, I think that she will be... I mean, like obviously she's the character that you play as, but... I think she'll be the only one you play as, and Joel, if he's there, will just kind of be there as a character in the game. I don't think you play as him. Yeah, see, that that drives me away, because the whole point of the game wasn't either of their individual character arcs, it was their relationship arc. So I'm not going to care as much about either one of their stories in the sequel. I'd want to see how their story evolves together in the sequel. Oh, that's that's not what I mean. I just mean... I'm not sure if you're going to play as Joel. I think he will be there. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I just want, I would want it to be though, like companionship. They work together through all the obstacles, not one of them doing either thing because that was very little of the game. Did you have one person like when Ellie was alone in the winter, uh, when Joel and her got separated in the hotel, but like pretty much the rest of the game, there was a companionship element. So I would, I would strongly dislike that. Uh, either way, if Joel was the main character or if Ellie is the main character, which it looks like it's going to be. So that is still a concerning thing for me. All right. Okay. Lucas, will you buy The Last of Us 2? Um, no. N- I'll answer for him. Maybe not at launch. Maybe you get that down to 40 and then I'll think about it. Okay. Uh, and get it spoiled for you again and yeah. oh, miss fuck, out on the yeah. whole experience. <laughs> Ryan, yeah. are you going to buy The Last of Us 2? It's not going to come out on PC, so no. Oh. But, yeah. Oh. Uh, yep, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch the movie. The only reason that I was able to play this one is because I had a PS3, and it came out on the PS3. So, Ovel. All right, you guys ready for the next thing? Oh, <laughs> oh am I ever. Oh, my hands are rubbing together. You don't even know. Okay, um... So I have a couple of questions prepared. Uh, I'm going to ask them to you guys. Uh, whenever they come up naturally, if we get to all of them, great. If not, no worries. Um, which one of you wants to take the first question? I'm not gonna... Me. Ryan? Ryan. You ready? <laughs> I'm just excited. Okay. Ryan, why do you hate Redline? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I just have all my notes, and almost all of them are hatred, and that's mean, <laughs> and I hate it. Yeah. And I felt really bad watching the movie because I was like, I really, really hate this, and I know that Lucas probably likes it, and I'm not going to have anything positive to say, really. Um, so, Shit uh, all over it. Go ahead. Yeah, let's just go. Um, Wait, do it we... Was, I know Ryan and I have kind of talked about this earlier. Do we want to kind of switch off with negative points or do you want to take the the reins of hatred on this one ryan i was just gonna throw in some thoughts and then yeah you can jump in whenever you want and then maybe lead the discussion eventually but um i guess i just want to start with 
From your perspective, Lucas, how serious is this movie taking itself? Because I don't have a frame of reference that you definitely do have. It is not taking itself very seriously. I think... Um, like scale of 0 to 10. Uh, maybe maybe a 3. This is a movie that realizes it's dealing in a lot of cliches. Okay. So that's fair. That gives it a little bit more credit in my book then. Yeah. Because, oh my god, every little thing that they do is completely <laughs> ridiculous. Yep. Every single story plot point makes almost no sense to me. Um, I thought that uh, well, the problem with me is that I've always said that I don't really like anime, and the primary reason behind that was the art style. The animation style always... I guess not art style, the animation style. It always seems a little lazier to me. It's always a lot more like budget animation, where they're clearly just trying to like move the parts of the body that uh, are going to like move in the scene. Like Only a mouth will move on an otherwise still frame of a character, versus something that I always have loved, like Pixar where every single frame the character is moving and doing very human-like things and understand that's the limitation between drawn animation and computer animation, but I still hate it. Uh, and therefore, <laughs> when I don't like the plot points because I think they're all ridiculous and I don't like the characters because, oh my God, how could you? And then you go to <laughs> animation style would be its only saving grace. And since I hate anime animation styles, there's just nothing for me in this whole movie. Okay. <laughs> I just could not... Could not, could not. Anyway, Andrew, you can... Andrew, why do you hate Redline? <laughs> um, okay, so I, I don't think I hate it quite as much as Ryan, but, like, dear God, like, I, I could tell that, like, if this movie was a parody of anime, it could have been good, but I really don't think it was. There were enough moments in there where I'm like, oh my God, this is basically just satire of anime, except they're not doing it to be funny. They're doing it because it's part of the movie. Um, like, probably the worst moment in the movie for me, like, the most gratuitous, stupid bullshit. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yes. Was the part where, uh, Sonashi, whose na first name is Crab, by the way, Crab <laughs> Sonashi, <laughs> whose nickname is Cherry Boy Hunter. <laughs> yeah. A lot of disconnects. Yeah. Um is like watching in her apartment like coverage of like the different racers who no one should give a shit about uh there's like hey guys here's like some exposition let's just talk about uh this character for a while like this racer and it was like every single every single character that they showed was really really stupid but the worst part of it was when they showed her uh profile which was like 30 seconds by the way didn't talk about her at all there's like she uses a spaceship that has like invisible exhaust, and then it was like just a shot of her ass, and she's like, oh my god, like good nice shot of my ass, guys. Like clearly implying that like you know she's a female racer, she's just like super over sexualized and she's trying to be serious. No one's taking her seriously, but then the camera cuts out, and it's showing her with just her giant disproportionate stripper titties out. <laughs> just sitting there having yeah. a smoke, like obviously sexualizing her so hard. And it was like the stupid, the, mo the worst uh, contrast that I've ever seen in anime, which I know my experience in anime isn't great, but dear God, like, it's like, oh my God, like they got to stop sexualizing me. 
cuts to her with just her giant tits out. I very rarely will I go to bat uh, for giant anime titties, but I I actually got a laugh out of that scene. I think that was played comedic uh, comedically. Like I, wow, d- the, the character the referencing thing. wow, the people producing this show are doing a shitty thing here, and then immediately cuts to the peop- uh, to a scene where it is the people in the movie doing a shitty thing there. The thing is, though, is I that, like laugh. I said before, like, there's a lot of moments in there that I think would be funny. And, like, don't get me wrong, I did laugh there, but I do not think that was quite the intention of the mo- filmmakers. I think that was just kind of bad writing. I fully think that was intentional. Okay. I think it was intentional, but I think it was them looking for an excuse. I don't Ooh. think that it was huh? them being like, ooh, we can poke a clever joke in here. They were like, all right, we got to find some way to do some fan service. The rest of the scene, she's, like, uncrossing her legs and showing her panties. Like, it's it's so unapologetic. There's yeah. no way in my mind that that wasn't fan service, that that, that that was them being like, we can do a clever joke and juxtaposition. It was them being like, all right, how do we show all the creepy dudes that are watching this what they want to see? And uh, they found an excuse that maybe threw some people off their trail. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. I... Um... I disagree, but I, I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you. Do you think, though, that, like, that is... I just don't think that's excusable. Like, maybe no. the topless parts, but, like, the panty flashes? Like, come on. That is so ingrained in Japanese culture of creepiness. Like, the whole thing where Japanese cell phones have to make the click sound when they're taking a picture because of all the upskirt photos that were that everyone was taking. Like, it's such a thing in Japanese culture. Yeah. I just... Uh, like, that has to be them being creepy. It has to be. Like, yeah. I just don't. There's no other way for me. Ah, fair enough. Maybe the topless scene I can see it. Um, but, and, and then again, I hated this thing, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give it the benefit of doubt at any turn. Um, okay, next question. Um, and, and I'm going to amend this for you, Ryan. Uh, Andrew, mm. which of the fucking wacky races side characters did you... Did did you even get close to liking? And Ryan, which of the wacky races side characters did you hate the least? <laughs> no, that that's the thing is that I didn't like or care about any of them. I barely cared about the two fucking main characters and the antagonist who like wasn't really the antagonist of the movie, the machine head racer. Literally did not matter. <laughs> literally did not fucking so matter. Pointless. Um, he wasn't even in the race until the very very end. Yeah. But, like, all of the characters did not matter. Like, they were so stupid. Like, they gave them, like, ten seconds of, like, their own moment. Like, with the gory rider, like, the blue gorilla cop man who's in the race for no fucking reason. <laughs> Police brutality. Yeah. Just throw that in there. <laughs> he, who cares? Who, like, he opened up with just a blatant ripoff of the Terminator. Um, yeah. He crashed into... Oh my god, there's so many things. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to get to my original point. Because I'm going to say, he crashed into the fucking funky boy bioweapon, like, <laughs> gaiju monster. Um, and didn't die, like, he just kept racing. And, like, n- none of them died. It, n- nothing made any fucking sense. Uh, like, JP, who's the main character of the movie, and Sonashi, who's, like, you know, the female lead... I didn't care about them at all. Like they, like I just did not like their, their uh, characters. Like they didn't really give me a reason to. There wasn't really any plot other than they all want to. They all they all want to win. They want to go fast. Isn't that and they every win. sports movie though? Like, that's it. Um, 
Uh, Andrew, why do you care about Andrew? Why do you care about Rocky? There's like character and heart. In Rocky One, why do you care about Rocky? Rocky's not even about the boxing. Rocky's about his relationship with Adrian. Yeah, it's about the people. Remember the Titans isn't about the Titans winning football games. It's about two people, like two groups from very different backgrounds getting along and forming like a winning team out of nothing. We Are Marshall is not know. about like a college team that sucks. It's about like a community that's lost so much and has to rebuild. I don't, I don't think that was a fair comparison, Lucas. Yeah. Not meaning to shit on you, but sports movies can absolutely have more depth than wanting to win. There are shitty sports movies where that's all it's about, but they're just that they're shitty. This movie is shitty. <laughs> but, like, the, the like you understand that even the character design wasn't great. Like, with Sonashi, just very skinny, big, bouncing titties and ass. Uh-oh. That was it. Oh, there you go. Um, but with, like, JP, I think maybe the most unforgettable, unforgivable part of this movie, besides the gratuitous tits, was... The fact that they gave him just like a six foot long pompadour, <laughs> literally as a plot device, because yeah. they showed in the flashbacks, which didn't make sense, by the way, they showed in the flashbacks, he did not have that hair at previous points in his life. They gave him this hair specifically so that at the very end of the race, <laughs> he could win by the length of his pompadour. <laughs> they gave him the stupidest fucking hair. Like, it just the way that made him look really, really unlikable and, like, kind of hard to look at. Simply... Give him a switchblade comb. Yeah, but so, like, give him a switchblade comb and so that he could win by, like, extending out his pompadour. Which also, that <laughs> that didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Because... Well, and then they... <laughs> they did they become the speed force at the end? <laughs> <laughs> like, what was happening? Um, well, and they had to make the, the main antagonist be, like, a machine so that his car was him. Yep. So that it would be, like, his head versus JP's head. Uh, yeah. Also, like, they gained their speed because, like, that guy set off the bomb in their engine, which rocketed them forward. But, like, they slowed down, which would happen if you're using momentum without any, like, extra propulsion. <laughs> but then they got faster. <laughs> For no reason, just because, like, power of love, and then they were, like, running up the ramp, and I don't know, it just, and then, like, yeah, it ended. happened at the end. There. Yeah, it just, it just fucking ended. They kissed and it ended. Yeah, like, there was no ending, like, I didn't like the movie, but I still wanted to see what happened. There was no ending. <laughs> oh, there was Did a... they die? I don't know. <laughs> Like, the rules in the world are obviously really, really... Loose. Flexible. Yeah. Like, you, you can do whatever you want. Like, he survived a, like, nuclear explosion outside of his car for some reason? And that, by the way, that moment reminded me of the knight shielding the princess meme, where he's literally, <laughs> yeah. like, covering her from the nuclear explosion. I'm like, okay, whatever's going on there. So I, I was so confused it felt like there was no stakes because like they kept saying like he's gonna die if that happens like, but then, like, his they body kept doing things to him speed and yeah. then he did they kept doing things to him that would kill a human being and he doesn't die and it's like so what are the stakes here like apparently he can survive whatever he wants I don't, i'm confused also like there was just a lot of things that they like mentioned and then like put in there that did not matter 
Like what was like what was going on with the disgruntled workers that were like rebelling? Yeah. What why was there like a giant like blob monster named that Funky was Boy? the fucking bioweapon uh, they were illegally developing that they planet. didn't want other people to find out about because then they'd go from just like an ignored dictatorship to like oh suddenly we gotta like fucking take care of these guys. Yeah, but but what happened to it, Lucas? Because it got shot. <laughs> It regenerated. Then the one general guy is like, I'm going to go become a bioweapon myself. And then, he like, was a colonel. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And then he just like... And he had the same haircut as JP. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, except it was metal. Because um, yeah, he was like robot Robo world. world. <laughs> <laughs> but then he became like a bioweapon. And then they were yeah, fighting. And then he became bio. Like the opposite of robot They were... World. They fought... <laughs> They never yeah, they showed what happened battle. or like how that like involved. Like like what what happened there? No one knows. The soldiers literally okay. said fuck it and then stopped. Okay, you fucking say that. That was some genuinely good shit from me. That like the entire movie is like these guys hunting them down the entire second half of the movie, the robo people chasing them down, we gotta fuck them up, and then eventually just like dude, fuck this. No. I this isn't worth it. I thought that was good. I don't... That's not good for me. I don't know. No. I guess... I don't know if I just have not watched enough anime, but... I feel like there's a lot of tropes and, like, inqu- inqu- uh, like inquisite knowledge that you need to have in order to appreciate some of this stuff that I must be missing. Because, boy... Uh, I don't I, know, man. Did even... I don't know. Did even some of the surface-level stuff appeal to you guys? Like, just the fact that JP is racing against these uh, fucking spaceships in just a car, or that the giant... <laughs> but yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> like, like the, I have this written down as, like, you know, top five stupid moments of the movie. Like, it, it, they introduced, you know, the racers that none of them mattered at the beginning, except for JP and... Uh, what, what Sanashi? Crab Sanashi. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and this person, and they're like, whatever hovercraft, and this runs on like anti gravity, and they're like, and this person <laughs> who comes from a planet with a princess <laughs> that has magical powers, and that's it. But like that, they cut to the next racer. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. But then they like finally got like on JP and his Trans Am. I love those snapshots into this fucking bizarre universe. But, I mean, like, that's the thing. It feels like there's a lot of potential in this movie. There's a lot of stuff that's going on that, like, could be cool. And, like, even at the end, like, I wanted more. I wanted them to do something with this world. I wanted it to have some sort of impact. But they, I feel like they dropped every single ball. Like... To me, the okay, sorry. No, just the, that that's it. Like it like they put a lot of things in there that had the potential to be cool and like it didn't really go anywhere. To me, the opening of that movie even seemed like relatively like anime, not problematic, but like indicative that these people might not be making the most progressive movie that they could. Like it was like the the very first racer they introduce is like the overly exaggerated anime uh clearly gonna be like the female almost trophy 
Like, they kind of develop a relationship, but, like, the fact that they can win together is what makes them, like, love each other. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and then it, like, goes through all these aliens, and you're like, huh, I wonder who the protagonist is going to be. And then it's just, like, a human cool dude in a Trans Am, and that's, <laughs> the, that's and you're like, okay, well, there's the protagonist. Yep, like, no, I is. know. I, I never once for a second thought it would be the, like, the anime princesses or that weird looking alien dude that ended up never showing up again. Like, I, I don't know. It was to me, that was like, okay, so this movie might not be with my better sensibilities. I don't know. Okay. Um, you understand it feels bad for us to say all these things. Yeah, no, like, I feel, I felt really bad watching it. We're not, I was going to have to say, these we're not things. trying to rip on you. No, we no, I really totally get that. And it's totally fine that you guys had a completely different reaction to a piece of media than what I did. Um, I could have gone harder into just not digging the last of us, but chose not to, but whatever. Um, I, <laughs> you should have, we're yeah, supposed to give our opinions. Up, we're not supposed to be nice to each other. Well, me me saying I didn't like The Last of Us, that's not just me fighting you, Andrew. That's me fighting, like, 95% of people. But I... And it's fine that you guys didn't like it. Like, that's... I knew that was going to be a possibility. I just thought, boy, maybe... Hey, here's, a, here's an animated movie I liked that... Maybe this will broaden your guys' horizon and give you a way into a genre that you're not familiar with. But I guess that wasn't it, and that's totally fine. And um, I don't know. I know we're coming in on the two-hour mark now, and just to close this and then maybe talk well, more broadly for, about it. First, first, I want to ask you a question, Lucas. Okay, go ahead. You know, to, to give us some perspective and make this conversation not so one-sided, tell us, and I promise... Like, we're not going to interrupt. Tell us the things that you liked about the movie. Offer the audience, like, the, the opposite, you know, perspective. Um, the animation is dissimilar from a lot of other stuff in anime. Uh, this came out around 2006, which was kind of a weird experimental phase for a lot of animated movies. It came out in 2011. 2011. Yeah, it was 2011 is what I, I saw. So it entered production in 2006. It had trouble behind the okay. scenes and then was released in 2011. Um, and yeah, that was really, really cool. Like nowadays there's a lot of, um, I don't know, Attack on Titan, Sword Art Online. Uh, yeah, a Sword Art Online looking stuff that's just really fine looking, but also super, super rigid. Whereas the animation, the character models in this film just stretched and bent and were fucking crazy. That must have been a giant pain in the ass to animate. But when they did, it was really, really good. Um, I dug that. I dug the... I know it's kind of a cliche, but yeah, I really dug the down-on-his-luck mob um, sportsman who just the only way he can get by is by throwing matches, finally having an opportunity to make something of himself, and then going for it. Uh, I, I dug that overarching plotline. Um, I really, really was into this fucking bizarre universe, and I appreciated how all of the side characters were expanded upon even just a little bit. Uh, the fucking gory rider guy, he apparently has some kind of relationship 
to uh, the female police chief that like people can't know about because that's a whole thing. Um, and he also hates those two punk riders. Uh, and then you have the military, the totally inept military dictator guy who fucking hates the magic people because they just shit and make fun of him relentlessly. I dug all of that shit. Um, and I really fucking like that he's just in a car uh, for the entire movie, for whenever he races in the movie. I, I appreciated that this wasn't afraid to lean into the ridiculous and I guess what didn't pan out for you guys is what really hit home for me in that regard I cannot think of a single other movie that was close to this one and I dig that that's fair and monologue Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair, and I, I really do think that there's probably a shared history of anime viewers that would allow them to appreciate the movie a little more. I understand that it's also a departure from anime styles that we're not necessarily overtly familiar with, so you probably appreciate the departure a lot more than us because to us it's like yeah, but it, you don't have that establishment that it, we could appreciate a departure from because we don't have that cumulative knowledge maybe i don't know i i so. thought it would have been more of a oh well this doesn't look like anime that this doesn't look like what i think anime looks like so maybe i'll give this more of a chance but i guess not um anyway my last question uh i don't care if it's half-hearted i don't care if it's a statement immediately followed by a but and um say one positive thing about this film one thing. Oh, it made me laugh incredibly hard at one moment in particular, and I told Andrew about yeah, this. <laughs> it was, it was the um, the dictator saying to his one guy, who was like creepy, um, "They're going to violate our airspace using technology that only exists in theory." The nerve! <laughs> that made me fucking crack up so hard. <laughs> I was laughing for like ten seconds straight. So without a doubt, the movie didn't completely miss for me because that absolutely got me. So I don't, I mean, like I get it. Like that was the moment where I'm like, okay, maybe this movie isn't meant to be taken as seriously as I might've been taken. Okay. So I don't even need to have a qualifier on that. That unobjectively made me laugh really, really hard. Thank you. Andrew. Um, okay. So I am going to need a qualifier on this one. Totally fine. But uh, you mentioned it before. The anime style was very, very different from stuff that I've seen before. And I thought it looked incredibly cool. There were a few moments that it made me feel very uncomfortable just because the way that things were like moving and stretching. Uh, one moment in particular when JP was in the hospital and then everyone rushed in, all the reporters to, like talked to him and they were bumping into each other. It seemed like everyone was like jiggling. And that made me like incredibly nauseous i don't know why um but anyway um the design of everything except for jp's hair <laughs> uh i thought was really really cool i thought the vehicles looked cool i thought the world looked cool there was a lot of different uh designs of you know what characters looked like uh what the you know the setting looked like there was a lot of different cool things happening the anime looked very you know original 
which I appreciated. Um, I was just kind of disappointed because despite all that cool thing, all the cool things that I was looking at, I feel like they didn't do anything with it. And that really disappointed me because I thought it could go somewhere and it, I felt like it didn't, but I, I will say that I thought the movie looked really cool. That's all I got to say. That's very fair. Okay. I'll throw in that it, the part that made me really uncomfortable was the mafia boss when he would rub cocaine oh, on his yeah. teeth and his mouth would like disconnect like an alien from alien and like stretch outside of his mouth like the teeth would be uh, it was that freaked me I took out. that as like he had dentures or something. Uh sure. I, okay. No, I didn't I didn't and that made me sick. Uh, because I didn't. Maybe it would have been better. I mean, it still would have been Groves. It was just like an old man running cocaine onto his gums, but yeah. I mean, that would be better than he's like a quasi-human whose mouth can detach from his mouth. Yep, fair enough. So, there's that. All right, and that is the first ever full circle of mandatory viewing. Um, Next week, we got... (laughs) We're going to do this all over again. Um... I don't know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit like we can't recommend something in the same medium next time or I don't know, something like that. But I don't know. I think this, I think this went well, watched and played a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise. So I think that was successful at least. All right. Totally. I mean, that, that is what we're going for. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, thanks for checking out this podcast. Uh, we got our Twitter account back finally. Check us out at v two underscore podcast. Um, like this, subscribe to this, and check us out next week. Might be a little late, but we're definitely gonna have something for you. Bye. Bye. I'm Ryan. Oh yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> Ryan. I'm Lucas, mm. and. I am Andrew. Yes, you are. Good night, everybody.